The Blur Havoc podcast may contain content some may find offensive, vulgar, or inappropriate for work or school. All views expressed on this show solely belong to the individual that expressed them. Viewer discretion is advised. Been spending most our lives living in gangsters' paradise. Hello and welcome to the fifth, fourth, fourth episode of the Blur Havoc Podcast Season Two. I have been your host. I am your host, the uh, beautifully brown Alistair Haken. And what we got going on today? We um, we are going to talk about. Um, as you could tell from my little, uh, sonnet at the beginning of this episode, we're going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, specifically Dose, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, you guys forgot, you probably forgot that the first trailer of the Sonic movie was, had, had Gangsta's Paradise in it for some reason, but <laughs> here, here we are where Sonic the Hedgehog literally has one of the best received video game movies ever, on, on top of the fact that it has the best opening of a video game movie ever, on top of the fact that it did better than Morbius and Batman for an opening weekend, which is just nuts, <laughs> that a little blue hedgehog who has had one of the weirdest and absolutely cringiest, like, reputations in the past decade, has one of the biggest openings <laughs> of the year so far. Which is nuts. Mind you, Spider-Man No Way Home came out last year. So we're not... Last year. Sonic the Hedgehog has the biggest one so far this year. Which, Doctor Strange is probably going to knock it out of the water. So, you know, blow it out of the water or whatever. So, it's all good. But today we're going to be reviewing the movie. We're going to talk about the movie a little bit. And, um, full disclosure, this will be a spoiler review. I will be spoiling what happens in this movie and the mid credit scene. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Uh, long story short, the only spoiler-free thing you're going to get is that I enjoyed it. Is it perfect? No. But I enjoyed it. And as Angry Joe said, uh, he put it perfectly when he said, The highs in this movie are higher than the first, but the lows in this movie are lower than the first. So with that, go ahead and go in there. You know, Enjoy the movie because there's a lot to enjoy in this movie. Subjectively speaking, objectively, there's some stuff in there that's pretty good too, but objectively, there's a lot of bad. But yeah, so that's it. Go watch the movie because I'm about to spoil everything after this moment. Okay, they're gone. They're gone. All right. So today's drink of choice is uh, something I haven't tried before. It's a hard Mountain Dew watermelon. It's got a snake on there. Zero sugar. Contains alcohol. It's for 21 and up. Well, luckily for me, I'm a 
27-year-old boy, so. Almost 30, man. Can you believe I'm almost 30, bro? Shit. All right, let's crack this open. It's a big can, dude. I don't know if I'm... Bro, it's like, a, it's like 12, 11 in the morning. I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Let's try it. Oh. Oh, that's that smells interesting. Let's try it. God, what the fuck was that? Ooh, oh, that was bad. That was one of the worst things I've ever drunk on this show. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god, hold on. Did I taste that right? Is like, are my taste buds like fried? Like, hold on. <coughs> oh, no, no. No, I'm sorry. Nah, nah. Get the get the fuck out of here. No, no. No, no. There's 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 just no drink of the day on this episode. Nah, no. That was so bad. My dog checked on me, man. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, Sonic the Hedgehog two. Oh my god. Mm, okay. Let's get started. So as I said. The high, like Angry Joe said, the highs of this movie are higher than the first, but the lows are lower than the first. One of the highs is that we're finally getting to see more than just Sonic and Eggman in this movie. Like, we're starting to see more of the lore. Like, we see the Master Emerald is in this movie, the Chaos Emeralds are in this movie, Knuckles, Tails, you know, stuff like that. There's some other things in here, too, that are not just lore from the classic games, which really shocked me when I watched this movie. Mainly, the fact that Gun is in this movie, that shocked me. I wasn't expecting it, right? Because um, like, I heard the acronym. He said, uh, we created the Guardian, which is a difference in the lore from the movie version of Sonic versus the game version. We'll get that get to that in a second. They were like, oh, we created the Guardian Uni Guardians of United Nations or something like that. And then um, and then in my head, like when he said that, I was like, doesn't that isn't that gun? And then like Rachel, the um, the main character's wife's sister, she says gun. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Gun is in this movie, which if you don't know, gun was introduced in Sonic Adventure 2, which is shocking because that's rather recent in terms of like. You know, that's more so in the modern era of Sonic, so to speak. Um, hey, girl, you gotta get out. <laughs> I just don't want you making noise in here. We've already had a rough start. Get out. Nope, go. Go sit in the bathtub or something. <laughs> um, whew, okay, um, yeah, uh, oh my god, that, that Mountain Dew really threw me the hell off, dude. I just don't even remember what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, so the lore, right? It's interesting because in the proper lore of Sonic Adventure 2, Gun has been around, like, since, like, Project Shadow, which took place 50 years before the events of Sonic Adventure 2, which in Sonic Adventure 2, that came out in, like, 2001, so 50 years prior to that would be, like, 1950-something, while 
I guess we're gonna have to jump to the mid-credits scene now that we're talking about it. But yeah, Shadow is in the mid-credits scene. Holy shit, I was not expecting that. I mean, well, you know, I had it kind of spoiled for me because I was stupid and I was watching review videos. Um, but yeah, Shadow was in the post credit scene, and and I wasn't shocked that Shadow was in the post credit scene at that point when I was watching the movie. But what shocked me is that they brought up that Project Shadow happened 50 years prior to the events of the movie, which means they may they may actually make an accurate adaptation of Sonic Adventure 2 for Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the movie. Which, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but that might cause me to cry. Like tears of joy. I may... Hear me out. <laughs> okay? Sonic Adventure 2 was like the second... 3D Sonic game, not even the 3D Sonic game, like the second or third Sonic game I ever played, right? Like, ever since I, ever since I found out about the blue little freak in Sonic Advance, I was hooked on Sonic, dude. I was like, dude, I want to play more Sonic. Then uh, I got Sonic the, not Sonic the Hedgehog, what was it? Uh, Sonic Heroes. I played Sonic Heroes on the Xbox. Then I got a GameCube for Christmas with Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and I played the ever-loving piss out of that game. I'm talking about, I, I beat it. I beat that game, all right, which was rare when I was a child. I didn't beat many games when I was a child. I beat Sonic Adventure 2, um, but um, yeah, um, Sonic Adventure 2 is my childhood, dude. Like that's my that's I get nostalgic thinking about Sonic Adventure 2. Like whenever Live and Learn like plays, like I have the urge to cry while I'm singing because of how tied that is to my childhood. But um. Yeah, if they adapt Sonic Adventure 2 into Sonic the Hedgehog 3, that would be interesting. We're going to put that we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that around like the 25 minute mark um because that's not a review. We we got to talk about that later. But let's talk about the actual movie. Um so this movie I liked it more than I dislike it. And I like this movie more than I like the first movie because the first movie has its ups and downs. The second one has its ups and downs. But I like the second one more than the first one, even though the second one is objectively a little bit weaker than the first one, which the first one wasn't really like, you know, it wasn't Citizen Kane or anything, but it was entertaining. And it had some good character work when it came to Sonic um, and his arc within the story, right? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a bit different because it's more about Sonic finding his quote-unquote tribe, so to speak. <laughs> And which would be Tails and Knuckles. I mean, if you play the video games, you know Knuckles doesn't stay a bad guy for the entire movie. Or the entire time, eventually, he becomes Sonic's friend. So, that's not much of a spoiler. Um, but what I was interested in was how, you know, they were going to play off each other. And honestly, the best parts of the movie are when it's focusing on Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, like, interacting with each other. Um... And, and to be fair, it's not like the first movie where it focused on Sonic and his human companion. In this movie, it's mainly Sonic and Tails running the entire show, which took balls. Because for some reason, ironically, this comes from the same studio that makes this movie series. But you get Transformers where for some reason the producer of the Transformers movies cannot fathom a Transformers movie without humans. They just can't do it for some reason. But with Sonic the Hedgehog 2, they actually had the balls to have 
two CGI characters carry the majority of the movie. And it works. Which should hopefully hopefully give Hasbro and Paramount the balls to move forward with Transformers in that same fashion. Because Sonic and Tails are probably like, they carry the entire movie. And Knuckles works as well as an antagonist. Like, he's kind of like Eggman's dragon. Where Eggman is the big bad and Knuckles is his, like, dragon who, like, is a force to be reckoned with. Which, mind you, they re-railed the characters in this movie, by the way. Remember how we talked about in um, one of the previous episodes how um, a lot of Sonic's friends like just don't have their own thing going on and they're kind of just like in the background? Yeah, no. In this movie, Tails is actually a character and Knuckles is actually a character. Where Tails is more so like his Sonic X like version, where like he was kind of considered a freak, but he saw Sonic as like a hero and he couldn't wait to like meet him and stuff. And then Knuckles is, like, a combination of, like, his Sonic Adventure personality and his Sonic Boom personality. Where he's not just, like, in the games, he was just gullible. He wasn't stupid. But in Sonic Boom, he's just straight up stupid. But in this movie, he's a little bit of, like, more so he's kind of like Drax the Destroyer. Where he's kind of dim-witted, but he's not an absolute idiot. He's just dim-witted. He's a little, like, he doesn't catch social cues. Um, he takes things literally sometimes, and he's just uh, completely unaware of, like, you know, customs on on Earth and stuff like that, right? Of course, Jim Carrey as Eggman, I can't believe he works as well as he does. Um, he was fantastic in this movie, even though there was a lot of cringe moments. Like, there's a part where he's rapping and he's flossing at the same time. It's like, oh, this stinks. This is not good. Oh, this is not this is not kosher. This is not um this is not kino, okay? This is not okay. All right. Um but um Knuckles was Eatris Elba as Knuckles was fantastic, dude. I thought I was really concerned when I first heard it and then I saw the trailer, as you see in the first episode of season 2. I saw it in the trailer. I was like, "Oh, oh, he's actually pretty badass." Okay. And in the movie, he works perfectly as Knuckles. He's He's intimidating when he needs to be, but in the moments where there's comedy, he knows how to, like, you know, deliver a line that it isn't out of character, but you can tell it's a comedy line. Like the um, like the scene where he thinks Eggman is turning on him, only to realize that Eggman is offering him a way up from the thing. Where he's like, I'm going to crush these robots, and then he's like, oh, they're stairs. And his delivery was absolutely perfect <laughs> in that scene. Um... But uh, there's a couple of low spots as well. Let's talk about that. Um, like the second, oh my god, there's like this wedding subplot, um, where like Rachel, the um, the main human, was his name, Tom's wife, Maddie, uh, her sister from the first movie is getting married to like this super hot, I mean super handsome, um, this guy. She's Rachel's getting married to this guy who's like super muscular and stuff and um and um you know it's like this whole subplot where they're in hawaii and stuff and we're just sitting there like why are we watching this we should be focusing on sonic and tails right now which like i said for the most part they do um and and there's a reason why they're focusing on the hawaii subplot we'll get to that in a second um but every time it switches to hawaii it just slows down because a lot of what's happening there is not funny. It's not entertaining. We want to get back to Sonic, right? 
So let's let's jump ahead to when the Hawaii subplot matters. It's when like Sonic is just got into a fight with Eggman. Tails gets knocked out. Like I'm talking about like to the point where we're trying, kind of wondering, okay, so is Tails is Tails just dead? Cause he's just kind of just laying there. It doesn't even look like he's breathing. He's just laying there, not responsive to anything. Cause mind you, Eggman like blew him up with a missile, <laughs> so he should be dead. Um, but like. You know, Sonic gets Tom to, like, use one of his, like, super rings to, like, teleport him to Hawaii. Um, also, there was an obvious, like, joke earlier on where, like, Rachel's fiancé was like, if you mess up this wedding, we're going to have issues. Which, of course, means they're gonna me- that he's going to mess up the wedding, which he does. Um, but we find out why there was this whole Hawaii subplot. Because Rachel's fiancé was actually a government agent. And, and... And the government, the Olive Garden guy from the first movie, oh my god, this shit sounds so ridiculous out of context, but the Olive Garden guy from the first movie founded Gun. See, Sonic Adventure 2 lore, he founded Gun in response to Sonic being, you know, found on Earth, which, like I said, in the actual Sonic games, Gun has been around well before Sonic was even alive, but in this universe, Gun was founded in response to Sonic, and... Uh, the gun gun agents had basically infiltrated the wedding in hopes of getting Sonic and oh God, excuse me. capturing Sonic, but Sonic was never at the wedding, so I don't know why they thought they could capture Sonic by being at the wedding, but okay, way to get in that Sonic adventure lore. Um, and then um, and then that's when this is when the movie really just like makes you go into like, Oh god, this is like Revenge of the Fallen like levels of bad right here. Like it's at the end of the second act where like Sonic Tails and Tom get like captured and Rachel and Maddie have to like break in and like release them. And like there's this whole scene where like Maddie and Rachel are using Tails' gadgets, which are like mini gadgets because he's a little fox boy and um which, uh, if you get that reference from Sonic Adventure 2, you're awesome. Um, um, he They use, like, these little gadgets, and, you know, it's supposed to be funny. And there was one funny moment where, like, they use, like, a like this, like, gravity pad, and they send this dude flying, and then Rachel just goes, he's coming down, right? And then they just keep moving, which was, was actually really funny. Um, and then, like, there's this part where they split up, and then Rachel, like, goes bridezilla on her fiancé. And then, of course, you know, the thing that always happens in these kind of movies where he goes, like, um, the job wasn't to fall in love with you, but I did, basically. And, you know, the same shit that happened in Suicide Squad with Rick Flagg and Enchantress. Um, and then Rachel, I mean, Maddie, of course, releases Sonic and Tails and Tom, and then, um... And then that's when the third act starts, and then things start picking up again. Um, with this awesome scene where Sonic is running on the water, like in the video games, but then you see it from his perspective, and you realize, oh, this is a lot more turbulent than I expected. Where he's, like, running on the water, and he's, like, running on waves, and then you realize that Sonic doesn't have complete control of the situation like he does in the video games. And then you realize, yeah, Sonic's still a kid in this movie. Like, at the beginning of the movie, Tom mentions some sonic is like a kid which i imagine he's like about 12 or 13 years old in this movie but in like i think the events of sonic heroes he's about 16 so we're about on track for sonic to be 16 by the events of sonic heroes coming along in this universe um 
but then like you know sonic runs to like where eggman and knuckles are finding the master emerald and stuff which i guess is this universe's interpretation of angel island which is which what people are calling it like labyrinth zone but i more so got like an angel island slash lost ruins from sonic adventure one is that what that zone is called let me look it up let me look it up let me look it up lost ruins sonic adventure is that right no mystic is it mystic ruins what is it lost lost world is what it's called um um wait a minute that is crazy it's called this stage is called lost world from sonic adventure but then there's a game called sonic lost world that came out like almost literally actually came out like about 12 years after sonic adventure came out um but yeah lost world is what i got vibes from it was like a mixture of mystic ruins not mystic ruins um angel islands and lost world from sonic adventure because like there's this part where sonic has to like slide down this waterfall and stuff um, and there's a bunch of traps and stuff. And it felt more like Lost World from Sonic Adventure than Mystic... Why do I keep saying Mystic Ruins? Um, Labyrinth Zone. Which, to be fair, there is a labyrinth in this Angel Island, you know, thing. But at the same time, it was like... They had this shot where, like, the camera pans up and you can see above the labyrinth. And it's like... Eggman and Knuckles. There's lit One of you literally can, like, climb walls and glide. Why don't you just climb over the labyrinth and just walk? I, I don't know. I don't know why they did they, they. I don't know why they did it the way they did it, but I didn't like the way that they did it. Okay. Um. And then there's this humorous scene where, like, once Eggman and Knuckles get to the um, Master Emerald, Sonic is like getting absolutely destroyed by all the traps <laughs> upstairs. I thought that was really funny. Um, and then, albeit it's a brief fight, because I don't think they want to like push it in terms of violence, because this is still a PG-rated movie, but Sonic and Knuckles have a pretty pretty decent fight, you know? Where Sonic, it, Sonic doesn't throw punches, he doesn't really know how to fight quite yet, but he uses his speed to like throw, basically throw himself at Knuckles in his, uh, in his ball form. While Knuckles is trying to, like, punch Sonic and stuff. And it's just like, you know, this is actually pretty rad, you know? And, of course, while Sonic and Knuckles are doing that, Eggman is trying to get the Emerald. And he tricked Knuckles. He's like, haha, you fool. I used you to get the Master Emerald. Bye bye And then, of course, after that, that's when Sonic and Knuckles become frenzies. Um, and then surprisingly at the end of the movie, I'm, I'm seeing people kind of say that this is like a stealth adaptation of Sonic Heroes. I don't really agree, but, um, there is a little bit of a Sonic Heroes moment where like Sonic Knuckles and Tails, like have this, this moment where like they're standing together, like in Batman v Superman, when Superman, Wonder Woman and, uh, Batman are staying together in the trio, which was, you know, not as cool in there. It's it's surprising that Sonic the Hedgehog did it cooler than Batman v Superman. Because it actually felt earned. But. <laughs> yeah, there's an episode coming about things being earned. Um, But in that moment, I was like, wow, I cannot believe I'm watching a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And it's actually working. 
this stuff actually works, and I cannot believe it. Um, and then the final fight against Eggman's Death Egg robot was actually really cool. Shut up, phone. That fight was actually really cool. Well, like, everybody's using their strength. Sonic is, like, taking advantage of the fact that Eggman, like, has, is, has, has a berserk button for him. Which is just like in the video games where Eggman, like, absolutely hated Sonic. And, like, he would focus all his attention on Sonic, right? And then that would allow Tails and Knuckles to sneak up and, like, oh, yeah, I forgot Eggman absorbed the Master Ammo. Which, Eggman used Chaos Control in this movie, by the way. He used Chaos Control in this movie. So, we're gonna get it name-dropped in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Um, but Sonic, Sonic, like, distracts Eggman while Tails and Knuckles knock the Emerald out of him. And then Sonic gets the Emerald while, and then Maddie and Tom say, blah, 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 go watch the movie. Um, and then, Super Sonic. Right when Eggman's about to, like, squish them, Sonic turns into Super Sonic. After the Chaos Emeralds are released from the Master Emerald, and he absolutely curb stomps, curb stomps Eggman. Like, it's a curb stomp battle. Eggman doesn't stand a chance. If you know anything about Super Sonic, you knew Eggman didn't stand a chance, dude. But, um, yeah, so Super Sonic saves the day, you know, egg, ro egg robots destroyed. And honestly, one of the best parts of the movie is actually, like, at the end when Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are just, are like friends. Because I absolutely love dialogue like that and interactions like that where people, where friends are just being friends and they're like bouncing off each other in terms of their characteristics and their personalities. And Knuckles had one line that absolutely floored me that I thought was hilarious. And it was the line where Tails asks him if he wants ice cream and then Knuckles just asks, are there grapes in it? And I, <laughs> I don't know why it had me so weak. Um... And what's even funnier is that canonically grapes are are Knuckles' favorite food, which I thought was really cool. But now we've reached the 25-minute mark, so let's talk about it, dude. Let's talk about it. That post credit, that mid-credit scene, and what that means for the future of this thing, man. Um, yeah. So in the end credit scene, I know my my thoughts are absolutely fucking insane right now, but dude, like I'm actually elated that a Sonic movie was actually decent, dude. For a second time, right? Um, but in the post mid credit scene, um, Gun is searching for Eggman and they can't find him, so it's up in the air whether he died or not. Which Jim, Jim Carrey said that he's retiring from acting, so we'll never we won't know if Eggman's coming back until they start recording making the movie. Um, but you know, it turns out Stone, uh, Eggman's uh, assistant, he's actually infiltrated Gun. And he's overhearing what I'm about to say next. And that the gun commander's uh, assistant tells her, Hey, while we were scrubbing out Robotnik's stuff out of our databases, we found this project that dates back 50 years ago in a top secret facility out in the middle of nowhere. And it and he's like, oh my god, it's Project Shadow. And then you get a shot of Shadow and he's waking up in the chamber and it's like, we're doing it, dude. We're doing Sonic Adventure 2. In Sonic 3, the movie. That's going to be nuts. Dude, I don't think you understand. We, I have to do an entire episode on Sonic Adventure 2's as a retrospective in terms of the story. And why I'm so in love with the Shadow Trilogy, as I said in the previous episode. Um, Because, dude, okay, let me explain to you why, this, why Sonic the Hedgehog 3 could make me cry. Alright? In a more... In a more, um... 
I guess, more detailed way. Not only was it my childhood, but looking back on it, it's when Sonic actually, you know, treated its audience as if it had the capacity to take a story seriously. Instead of, like, what I'm finding out that a lot of the sentiments I had in the last episode um, are actually similar sentiments that the majority of the fan base has right now. A lot of fans are not a fan of, like, the what they're calling the meta era which started with sonic colors where um it's less about serious storytelling and more about telling jokes and being self self-deprecating and stuff um but back in sonic adventure 2 that was when sega was like hey let's tell like a serious anime style story right and i don't th- i don't think you understand what this means for sonic the hedgehog 3 we it's a big deal because Sonic Adventure 2 was probably the darkest Sonic story we've ever gotten. Yeah, there's Shadow the Hedgehog where he has guns and he's cursing and he, you know, you know, like Black Doom and aliens and destruction and stuff. Yeah, 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 whatever. But it's all surface level dark stuff. Sonic Adventure 2 was like legit dark and disturbing in some parts where like in I honestly wonder how it got away with an E rating the first time it was released. It should have got a teen rating, honestly, because of the stuff that's in there. Like, the stuff with, like, Maria dying, um, Jarrett Robotnik being killed by Firing Squad. Uh, just the, the lore in general is rather dark in Sonic Adventure 2. But, besides the point. Um, yeah, we could honestly see a PG-13 rated Sonic movie um, if they go... If they... If they adapt it as accurately as it was portrayed in the games, it'll probably be rated PG-13. But I think they're probably going to turn some things down. Um, They'll probably turn some things down. Like, you know, probably say that Maria, like, you know, passed away or something like that. They won't say specifically that she was killed by a gun. Um, and Jarrett Robotnik probably won't be killed by Firing Squad which is crazy. Um uh what else? Um Oh yeah, um the fact that they could bring back Shadow's original character, you know, would be rad instead of this flanderized like I'm better than you, Sonic. There's no need for this. It's time to take you down. You know, all that generic stuff that he says, right? Um because back in Sonic Adventure 2, you know, he he had a lot of personality. He wasn't just, you know, broody McBrood, like I said before. Um, and one thing that really just gets lost on a lot of people is the fact that Shadow actually gave a shit about things. He wasn't always in, in the corner folding his arms just like, hm, this is pathetic, you know? Because Shadow the Hedgehog kind of like made that popular. Because in Sonic Adventure 2, Shadow cared about, you know, things in general. He cared about Maria. He cared about Rouge. He cared about, when he realized what Maria's last wishes were, he realized that he should be caring about the people of Earth. And the games after that kind of forgot that. And they showed a more compassionate side of Shadow. That's the reason why people are so hyped for Shadow coming. Not only Shadow being in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, but them adapting Sonic Adventure 2. 
because there was a lot more nuance um and it it how do i put it there was a lot more nuance in that story and it definitely was more one of the more mature and i don't mean mature as in like dark and like edgy more mature you know tales one of the more mature stories in the sonic universe because you know the characters actually cared about shit you know they had reasons for doing what they were doing even eggman has a surprisingly introspective uh conversation with tails where he real like I, I don't remember the exact specifics of the conversation but eggman basically goes like Dang, I looked up to my grandfather only for me to realize that he's got he went mad. You know, trying to I, I don't remember the exact conversation right now. I'll, I'll I'll listen to it again and then I'll bring this back up in my Sonic Adventure 2 retrospective. Um but yeah, there was a lot of like really cool mature moments where it trusted that even though the game had a young audience that they could handle these you know, deeper and more uh, mature conversations, like more grown-up conversations, so to speak. Um, and hopefully, Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure. Jesus. Hopefully, shit. Get your shit together. Hopefully, Sonic the Hedgehog three, the movie, gets the set gets that right. You know, where we get spades of that in this movie, where, you know. They're not afraid to say die like Big Hero 6 was afraid afraid to say die for some reason. In this movie, they're not afraid to say die. They're not afraid of, like, you know, characters dying. Like, characters die. Knuckles is the last of his kind. His his dad literally, like, spoke to him and said, hey, you stay here. We're going to go fight. And then his dad never came back. His dad died. All right. Longclaw is Sonic's, like, mother figure. And she died fighting the Echidnas. And... I'm I'm glad that they're not afraid to shy away from the fact that characters die. It happens. Not even it happens. It's inevitable that we're all going to die one day. And I'm glad that a children's movie doesn't shy away from that fact that people die. <sighs> yeah, we're getting back towards Sonic the Hedgehog 2, by the way. Um, And, um... Another thing I really enjoyed was uh, the fact that it wasn't afraid of, this movie wasn't afraid of, like, connecting the Sonic lore in the movie, you know? Like I, like I said earlier, they brought in actual Sonic lore this time, and it and instead of, like, you know, making it all come from Sonic's universe, they just integrated it into this universe so that it all feels a little bit more seamless. Yeah, it's not 100% accurate to the games. But it would make sense that Gun would be created in the human universe because it's a mostly human organization. And then, like, the Chaos Emeralds would come from Sonic's world and they're hidden on Earth. Which kind of... There's a part that's a little bit of, like, a plot hole. Where, like, the map that Longclaw gave Sonic in the first movie, for some reason, just... It, it activates, like, this hologram message in this movie. Which never activated in the first movie for some reason. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, and, but yeah, like the Chaos Emerald and the Master Emerald comes from Sonic's world, but it was like hidden there later. Um, and then like, uh, and I guess I, I didn't know this, but you know, the, the electric energy that Knuckles and Sonic have that it's, it's called Chaos Energy. So I guess that the energy and powers that they have 
stem from the Chaos Emeralds, I believe. And I mean, it's cool, you know, that would be a cool explanation for why Sonic and Knuckles have these powers. Um, especially because there's a blue emerald, there's a red emerald. That makes perfect sense. But surprisingly, Tails doesn't have chaos energy. So, make of that what you will. Now, what they're going to have a hard time doing is explaining how Shadow has chaos energy. And how they made Shadow the Hedgehog, you know, before Sonic even existed in this universe. Or even existed, period, in this universe. But that's, we're going to have to wait until Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for that. Um, but back to the low points of the movie, um, there's this, like, this sequence where, like, Sonic and Tails have to get into, like, a dance-off with, like, these, um, what are they, Scandinavians? I believe that's what they are. It starts with an S. Um, and they have to get into, like, this dance-off, and I get the purpose of the scene that, like, they're supposed to be dancing, and, like, you know, it shows... How they, 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 they're starting to synchronize and they're starting to become buddies and they're bonding and stuff. But dance-offs kind of suck. <laughs> and it's a scene that goes on for quite a while. Not to mention that it's a, it's, they're dancing to a song that is so old. Like they're dancing to Uptown Funk. Bro, how old is that song? How old is that song? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on there, buddy. Oops. How old is that song? Oh my god, seriously? That song came out in 2014? Oh my goodness. They used a song from almost a decade ago in a movie in 2022. Why? Why? And it's not like... I have no problem with using old songs if it fits with what's going on in the movie. This was literally just them dancing. It didn't, it, it it honestly didn't matter what song they used. They could, why didn't they use something from like 2020 at the very latest or oldest? I don't get it. Was that like the only kid-friendly song they could find? I don't know, man. But that scene was just not that great, you know? I get the utility of it, but man, was it hard to watch. But it did lead to a scene that I really like, which was um, uh, Sonic and Tails bonding. And, like, you know, Tails, like, enjoying the fact that Sonic enjoys his company. And there's a part where Tails, like, I, I, I actually adore it, this part. But um, there's a part where Tails, like, falls asleep in front of the fireplace. Sonic gives him a blanket and Sonic, like, goes to sleep next to him. And then Tails, his Tails, like, covers Sonic to keep him warm. And I was like, that's, that's the stuff I came here for. Stuff like that. Character moments like that. I enjoy stuff like that. Um... Uh, what's another low moment? There, there. I feel like the movie is like a bit too long, and the only reason it feels a bit too long is because of the, because of the unnecessary like wedding stuff in Hawaii, which really only serves to introduce Gun, and the only reason they did it this way was to have some crazy twist, you know, which didn't need to be there. Didn't need to be a twist. You could have just did it, you just introduced it. You didn't have to do a twist. Um. Anything else? I mean, I don't have much to say about Supersonic because I never was a huge fan of Supersonic. I don't like relying on Supersonic to always solve the final issue. But that's just me. It makes sense in some instances. Like in Sonic Adventure 2, it's like, yeah, you kind of need Supersonic for that. But 
it's whatever. Um, what else was there? Uh, the beginning of the movie was a little shaky. I wasn't sure how I was gonna like this movie at the beginning. I did like the stuff at the beginning where Sonic is like being a vigilante, cause it was definitely giving me like Sonic Adventure vibes with like the way he was standing on the rooftop, and like the police are like chate like driving in the streets with their sirens on. I was like, yeah, this is this is low key Sonic Adventure one, low key. Um, what else? I like the overall message of the movie too, which is subjective. A lot of this is subjective. Um. Like the overall message of you don't, you know, you don't go searching for your purpose. You don't go searching for uh, your time to uh, your calling. Your calling will let you know when it's time to come to the occasion or rise to the occasion. That's a pretty decent, you know, message, I suppose. Um, in terms of objectivity, like I said, there were some plot holes like the the map activating a hologram after like two years of Sonic being on Earth. Um, there's one that, uh, there was one that I didn't realize when I watched it, but who were those two guys at the beginning before Knuckles stepped out of the portal? Or those three guys? They were like these three humanoid guys that Eggman just like defeats easily through traps that he set up. And then Knuckles walks in and it's like, who were those three guys? What, what were they? I think there was like a prequel comment that explained who they were, but in the movie proper, it doesn't explain who they are. Um, what else was there? Uh, oh yeah, there was um. In going into the third act, where Eggman has his death robot, death egg robot. Um, I thought Sonic lost all his rings in the mountains, and that's why he had to call Tom to like throw the ring to teleport him there. You know, I remember that but then for some reason in order to get back to green hills with tails on the biplane with knuckles and sonic somehow they got another ring to teleport to green hills and it's like where'd you get that ring from you spilled all your rings in the uh siberian mountains i think that's where the mountains were and he basically he dropped all his rings in the snow so i, I don't know how they got to green hills I don't know where they found an extra ring. Um, what else? Which hopefully, honestly, I hope they drop that whole magic portal ring thing. I really hope they drop that from here on out. For real. I'm kind of tired of seeing that. Because it kind of just... They, they had a moment in the movie to like add some tension because... They probably realized that these magic rings that teleport them anywhere kind of removes the tension from the movie. And I hope they never bring them back. For the love of God. Stop bringing them. Stop, stop that. Stop that. No more. Um. What else? Uh. Yeah, I think in terms of negative. I already talked about the wedding and how that was just not fun. Um. And I think, honestly, if they cut down some of the wedding stuff, they could have made the fights a little bit longer, too. Like, I think the 20-minute, like, wedding stuff, the wedding stuff takes up about, like, 20 to 25 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes of the movie. And if they were to cut a lot of that out, 
We could have got more Sonic and Knuckles fighting or like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles teaming up. We could have got more of that. Which I feel like the movie kind of needed a little bit more of that. Because the Sonic and Knuckles fight was fun, but it was really short. Which hopefully in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, when Sonic and Shadow fight, that's actually like a dedicated fight scene. Please. 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 That's all I could say. Please. Um, uh, like I said, some of the moments are kind of cringy. And one thing I'm not hearing anyone say, but this is what I felt. Sonic kind of needs to learn how to shut up. Which is surprising to say that because that's kind of his thing is that he's kind of like, you know, you know, too cool for school kind of thing, you know. But in this movie, I felt like he just didn't shut up. He was always talking. Always. Sometimes he just says stuff when, like, he doesn't need to say anything. There was one in this, the trailer that I remember where he, the part where he grabs Robotnik's missile and throws it back at him, Right. And I thought in that moment, he shouldn't have been saying anything. But luckily in the movie, he doesn't say anything when he throws the missile back at Robotnik. And it feels a lot better. It feels correct. But then later on in the snow, the, the snowboarding section, I feel like, honestly, he speaks even more than I thought he did in the trailer. Like, yeah, there's, there's the line, the cringy line where he says, oh, great, the Winter Soldier, when he sees Knuckles, which... That line doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he called Knuckles the Winter Soldier, but he did. Um, but throughout that entire scene, he's just talking too much. Like, it's okay for him to go, you know, like, let out and, and you know, an excited, woo, you know, that's cool. Because Sonic did that in the games. Like, after, like, a long string of, like, you know, taking down enemies with homing attacks, if you landed, he'd say, sweet, or yeah. Or radical or something like that. That's fine. But literally every single thing he does in the snowboarding section. For some reason Ben Schwartz decided I'm going to say something. Not necessary. It's just not necessary. To the point where I was getting to the point where I was like bro Sonic shut up. Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. But other than that. Yeah. I I don't mind Ben Schwartz's Sonic. I would have preferred someone. I would have honestly preferred uh, Roger Craig Smith to just reprise his role from the game. But Ben Schwartz is okay. Idris Elba is fantastic as Knuckles, though. And, but for some reason, for some reason, Tails is voiced by the the woman that voices her in the game. So I don't know why they couldn't just get Roger Craig Smith to do it. But whatever. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I got to say at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Ben Schwartz, shut up. Just just stop talking so much as Sonic Lord. Stop talking so much. But yeah, I think that'll do it for today. Um, this is actually recorded after the next two episodes that come out. So, if things are a little out of order, sorry. But, yeah, that's what that is. Um, I'm going to go do something to forget about that Mountain Dew I drunk at the beginning of this episode. I have been your host, 
Alistair Haken. I will see you guys in the next episode. Ta-ta for now. Listening to the Blur Havoc podcast. Purchase the Blur Havoc book series on Amazon Kindle or paperback today. 